Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Friday, November 19th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, BTC is at $56,362.66, down 5.88%. Ethereum number two, $4,074.06, down 4.38%. Binance coin number three, $549.59, down 4.37%. Tether at number four, $1. Number five, Solana, $198, down 7.06%. Cardano at number six, $1.81, down 2.89%. XRP, $1.05, down 6.15%. Number eight, Polkadot, $39.69, down 3.96%. USD coin number nine, $1. And last but not least, Dogecoin number 10, 22 cents at 4.85% down. Basically a sea of red all today. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So our five articles today are, before that, fear at 34. Yesterday was neutral at 54. Last week was greed at 74. And last month was extreme greed at 82. All right. Article one is how to reach a cryptocurrency before investing. Article two is why the third Bitcoin ETF is better than the first two. Article three, how to troll an NFT owner. Article four, NFT, an introduction to the blockchain for photographers and creatives. And last but not least, the main topic today is here. Someone right clicked every NFT in the heist of the century. All right, before we get into the articles, just want to say thank you and welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Thank you so much to all my supporters, all the subscribers. Thank you so much for listening in on the Apple, Spotify, and Google podcasts, and as well as the YouTube space. Thank you so much. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right, let's get into it, guys. Article number one is how to research a cryptocurrency before investing. About to take the plunge into cryptocurrency? Stop. Make sure you research before parting with any of your hard-earned cash. So if you spent much time investigating cryptocurrency, you've probably heard the advice to research any coin or project before you invest in it. What does that mean? How do you research a cryptocurrency and what do you look for? So do your own research. Cryptocurrencies are built on solid software and there are genuine and promising applications for them. Furthermore, people do make money investing in cryptocurrencies, but people also lose a lot of money in cryptocurrency scams. Therefore, before you put any money at all into a cryptocurrency, you should spend some time investigating whether the currency is legitimate or not. You can begin inspecting a cryptocurrency as soon as you hear about it. Before you begin any serious research, consider 1. How did you hear about it and what did you hear about? Two, did you hear about it from a reliable and trusted source? Three, did you hear about the project that the currency enables? And four, or did you hear about how much money it's going to make investors? Two more mantras for early crypto investors. No one gives away free coins. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So five things to look for when researching a cryptocurrency. Assuming that you've heard about cryptocurrency from a trusted source and it sounds solid, there are still some litmus paper boxes that you can check before thinking about getting involved with a project. Number one, find the purpose. 
Most cryptocurrencies are minted as a reward for verifying blocks of data that serve some function other than supporting the currency itself. If you're a Bitcoin tribalist, you may realize that Bitcoin fails this test. That doesn't mean that Bitcoin is a scam, though. Bitcoin has been around long enough and has enough of a demand that supporting itself is enough. That's not likely to be true of any other coin playing this game. In other words, Bitcoin is not a scam, but any coin promising to be the next Bitcoin is probably a scam. The downside of this is that it does mean that you might miss out on an opportunity to get into a project as one of the project's very first investors because you sat around waiting for a coin to prove itself. It's true. You could miss out on an opportunity to get in on the ground floor. The good news is that you'll pass up a lot more opportunities to get scammed. If you really, really, really don't want to pass up what sounds like an amazing opportunity to buy up a brand new coin, get familiar with another crypto investment mantra. Don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Number two, find the white paper. The crypto shouldn't only promise to solve a problem, it should promise to solve that problem in a way that makes sense. Blockchain projects are typically laid out in a white paper a publicly available document detailing the blockchain's mission and how it works. Even Bitcoin, which was published anonymously, has publicly available white paper that is still widely read and circulated. Having a white paper isn't enough. The white paper has to be good. For example, the Squid Game cryptocurrency that famously fleeced investors had a white paper, but it was poorly written and edited. Number three, find out where you buy and use a cryptocurrency. Unless you're a miner or an investor with serious acumen, you probably shouldn't buy cryptocurrency outside of a proper cryptocurrency exchange. Exchanges allow you to buy and sell cryptocurrencies, and while different exchanges require coins to jump through different hoops to get listed, you'll be safer sticking to these exchanges. This approach has the same pitfalls as the first tip. It will take time for a new cryptocurrency to be listed on a legitimate exchange. However, we are talking about exchanges that let you buy coins, not apps that let you buy interest in a coin, as PayPal does. These platforms are even more cautious than exchanges. Then you can miss out on a good thing waiting that long. In some cases, the blockchain itself will make a scam coin difficult to circulate in legitimate ways because wide circulation in legitimate circles could expose the coin more quickly. For example, we again turn to the infamous Squid Game token, which had strange caps on who could trade the token, where, and under what circumstances. Four, find out who makes the coin. Right now, decentralization is the name of the game. However, most legitimate cryptocurrency projects will have a publicly listed board of directors or even partner organizations supporting and developing the currency. You don't have to know the names of all the board members, but you should at least recognize the names of the companies enabling or using the blockchain. Even if you don't, you should be able to research those individuals and organizations to find out whether they are real and really involved. Depending on how rigorous you are, you may or may not think that Bitcoin fits this list. We don't know who started the ball rolling after all. However, a lot of people who are currently pushing that ball are less than anonymous and Bitcoin.org does have ways for you to learn more about the community of developers keeping Bitcoin alive. Five, find out if the coin seems sustainable. 
This is a combination and reconsideration of some of the red flags covered in the introductory paragraphs. A coin worth investigating and investing in should solve a problem and solving that a problem should be the goal of the coin's creators, not making money. For example, IOTA is one of the most technologically ambitious coins out there and it's trading at fractions of the going rates of better known tokens. Why? In part, because IOTA is built for the long-term scale rather than a get-rich-quick scheme, or even as a conventional store of value. It's meant to do a job, and the financial rewards come second. So, research your crypto before making any investments. The tech world, and particularly the blockchain and crypto worlds, move pretty fast these days. It's easy to get swept away in that feeling that if you don't spend too much time looking into an opportunity, it will pass you by. However, anything worth investing in today will still be there tomorrow. It's better to wait and gain less than you should could have to jump into something early and lose more than you needed to. So what do you guys think about this article? How to research a cryptocurrency before investing? The five tips here laid out. Do you think they're good tips or not? And if you don't think so, what tip would you like to put in this article? Comment down below. Let me know what you think. Article number two, why the third Bitcoin ETF is better than the first two. Between three Bitcoin ETFs where composition is essentially identical, costs become a deciding factor. The ProShares Bitcoin strategy ETF, Bito, got all of the markets and media's attention when it launched back in October. It's hard to call it anything but an immediate success as it now manages more than $1.4 billion, most of which came in the first several trading days. There are actually three Bitcoin ETFs trading today. Bito along with the Valkyrie Bitcoin Strategy ETF and the newly launched Van Eck Bitcoin Strategy ETF. BTF debuted just three days after Bito while XBTF launched on Monday. Bido clearly benefited from the first move advantage and controls 95% of the total combined assets of these three ETFs. All three of these ETFs are substantially the same by investing in near-term expiration Bitcoin futures contracts. A physical Bitcoin ETF has yet to be approved and the SEC has shown no inclination to do so at any point in the near future. So this is the best that the ETF marketplace can offer for crypto exposure at the moment. The only real hiccup in the recent Bitcoin ETF launches was that Bitto needed to move away from its goal of investing only in current month expiration contracts and add next month contracts as well due to contract position limits and the overwhelming demands for its shares. It could mean that Bitto trades slightly differently than either BTF and XBTF, but the differences will probably be minor at most. So, Comparing Bitcoin ETFs. This is the one-day chart of all three Bitcoin ETFs to give you an idea of how they trade. XBTF's trading pattern is choppier than it was so thinly traded in the early going, but you can still tell that it's essentially tracking the performance of the other two. It's a very short-term chart in order to include XBTF, but I can add that Bito and BTF have traded in virtual lockstep since their common inception date. The point in saying all of this is that all three Bitcoin ETFs own the almost same Bitcoin futures contracts positions and have the same objective. From a performance standpoint, they're virtually interchangeable. Bito versus BTF versus XBTF. The obvious next question is there is an advantage to holding one Bitcoin ETF over another at this point? 
there is one noticeable difference, and it's one that gives the brand new XBTF an advantage. XBTF comes cheaper with an expense ratio that's a full 30 basis points lower than BITO and BTF. Ordinarily, I'd say that a difference of a few basis points when comparing two funds is kind of like splitting hairs, but 30 basis points is a gap that could swing the pendulum one way or the other. This difference in expense ratios would likely be more important when comparing a bond or stock ETF, but could be less so when it comes to crypto. The price of Bitcoin obviously is very volatile, and an annual cost savings of 0.3% might be immaterial for an asset class that can swing 10% in a single day. Still, if you can get the advantage, why not grab it? There is one other caveat to consider. Expense ratios don't consider trading costs, and investors need to consider both when choosing between two products. Larger and more heavily traded vehicles tend to have much narrower spreads, while thinly traded securities often cost more to trade. We can see this pretty clearly when looking at the average spread of these three funds. A typical BITO trade is costing traders about four basis points to execute right now. XBTF is much higher at 32 basis points. That makes the decision of whether to go BITO, BTF, or XBTF really dependent on if you're going to be a trader or an investor. Let's consider just BITO versus XBTF at the moment. If you want to Bitcoin uh, for the longer term and plan on making just a single trade to establish a position, XBTF is probably the better bet. You'll incur a larger trading cost upfront but the cost savings on the expense ratio over time will make up for that no time. If you're more of a trader and expect to be getting in and out of positions regularly, BITO is the better option. You might pay a larger annual expense ratio, but you're saving significantly on every trade you make. Taken together, BITO becomes the overall cheaper option. So the conclusion, XBTF has a clear advantage over BITO and BTF when it comes to the expense ratio. The total cost of ownership, however, will be the deciding factor in determining which is better in any individual situation. The trading spread will be the key factor to watch as XBTF grows over time. I'd expect the trading spread to come down, swinging the advantage over to XBTF even more. The question is when or even if it can get there. For better or worse, the market probably now considers BITO and uh, Bitcoin ETF XBTF, or even BTF for that matter, might not even get a passing thought if investors are aware that they exist at all. XBTF's current $10 million asset base might not end up growing much larger than it is, in which case the spread may not come down that much at all. Still, the idea behind using expense ratios and trading costs as a deciding factor between funds that are substantially the same in composition is still relevant. As it stands today, XBTF is a better option for Bitcoin investors than either BITO or BTF. BITO is the better option for Bitcoin traders. Over time, I expect the trading spread and XBTF to narrow, at which time XBTF will continue to become more advantageous than its two peers. So, there you guys have it. What do you think about this article? Why the third Bitcoin ETF is better than the first two? Comment down below and let me know what you think. All right, let's take a look at article three. We're gonna switch gears and look at NFTs. How to troll an NFT owner. So here, what we got is on Wednesday, a Twitter user trolled Reddit 
co-founder Alexis Oneni in a way that may not have been immediately clear to all observers. The user saved a copy of Oneni's uh, avatar image, a cartoon of a slack-jawed ape wearing a propeller hat, and posted it in a comment on one of Oneni's tweets with the caption, mine now. With the context of NFTs, by copying the image the user was stealing, Ohanian's profile picture, which Ohanian had bought on the blockchain for more than $7,000 in June, Ohanian insisted he was actually happy that the user had done this. Please, right-click as, save as, make a shirt of it, share it with the world, he replied. Original Mona Lisa only gets more valuable every time it's copied and shared. So, not all NFT owners have as generous a response because each NFT is unique. The non-fungible part of non-fungible token, this type of cryptocurrency is often used as a certificate of ownership for items that only exist digitally. Such as Ohanian's ape cartoon, owning an NFT indicates to everyone else on the blockchain that you also own the associated image. Yet that NFT doesn't necessarily come with copyright or reproduction rights. So it really just entitles you to brag to everyone else that you own the original. Critics of NFTs assert that it's ridiculous to try to claim ownership of something that can be indefinitely reproduced on the internet. And pranksters will try to annoy collectors by simply copying and pasting the NFT image. Sometimes owners react as Ohanian did. Others appear to throw a fit. Welcome to the weird world of NFT etiquette. In a rapidly growing community of NFT enthusiasts, where rules can be hard to define and harder to enforce, a lot of what happens is a matter of emerging social norms and, well, yelling at people. Many NFT owners often say that Twitter interactions like those above are really just kabuki theater. The thieves aren't going to use the images for anything besides teasing, and the owner is typically feigning outrage as a form of reverse trolling. Some of these owners seem to be actually miffed, though. After NFT owners began getting ridiculous for coining right-clicker as an insult for people who were copying their images, they said that the term was really just meant as a joke. Yet the supposedly performative back and forth between cryptocurrency boosters and their detractors does get at some real questions about what it truly means to own an NFT. Spamming owners with copied images is the lightest uh, violation of NFT norms. It gets a little trickier when someone tries to actually use a claimed NFT image. Collectors told me that they were generally fine with others using the images they own on a social media feed or a profile background, as opposed to an avatar image or a physical home decoration. With a lot of people, it's okay to post a picture of an NFT, said a collector known as Midwit Millhouse, who is known for helping to popularize right-clicker mentality as a crypto term. Some people will be like, I'm just sharing pictures of some NFTs that I like. I don't own them. I just like them. Maybe I can't afford them. Maybe I just think they're cool. Jeremy Torman, who designed psychedelic art NFTs, actively supports people sharing his images, even if they don't own them or credit him because he sees it as promoting his work and brand. And a given band is going to be happy if their songs are playing on the radio, he said. Some number of people that hear the song are going to think it's interesting and seek it out and figure who made it. Using someone else's NFT as your profile picture, though, is more of a no-no. Many prize NFTs are cartoon portraits of robots or apes or whales that seem perfectly suited as avatar images. If you buy an NFT from an esteemed collection like the Bored Ape Yacht Club, 
that ostensibly one kind of a kind ape becomes your digital persona in a community of other bored ape owners. Given that some of these ape NFTs are selling for millions of dollars and have garnered a certain level of prestige, Post Malone, Steph Curry, and Jimmy Fallon have all bought them, owners will often use their ape as their profile pictures on social media. Sort of in the same way that other people wear Harvard class rings or bejeweled chain custom designed by Ben Baller. If you really want to leapfrog the clout game and you can afford it, just go buy a crypto punk or a bored ape, said Midwit Millhouse. A lot of people are going to listen to your opinion because they see what you have. It using someone else's bored ape as your profile picture and siphoning away the social capital then crosses a line. It's like clout stealing. It's like pretending to be a celebrity. It's like catfishing. There aren't really any concrete mechanisms stopping people from trying to steal someone else's NFT avatar. Sure, the blockchain keeps an ironclad record of who actually owns the unique crypto token at any given moment. But it's unlikely that many people are going to check who the rightful owner is every time they see one of these avatars as a Twitter or Discord profile picture. Twitter is currently developing a feature that will verify a user as the actual owner of a certain NFT. But in the meantime, the community has to rely on callouts and social pressure to root out imposters. Dogpiling is pretty effective nowadays, said Midwin House. Some of the really active communities like Bored Apes or Lazy Lions can dogpile on someone pretty easily. The most serious violation of the NFT code of conduct, however, is to profit off an NFT that doesn't belong to you. People looking to make a quick buck will often download someone else's image, create their own NFT to associate with a copy, which may have been very slightly modified, and then try to sell it on a marketplace like OpenSea or Nifty Gateway, a scheme known as copy minting. Torman said that the 10 unauthorized copies have been made of his collection for sale elsewhere. Copy minting hurts artists because it reduces consumer confidence in NFTs, he said. Though he is the original artist, he says it would be difficult to bring legal action against the bootleggers since they're usually anonymous and there isn't much established case law around NFTs. Torment instead contacts the marketplaces themselves, which are usually responsive to takedown requests, though he maintains that it would be better if these platforms instituted automated systems that flag copies automatically. The NFT community also hasn't really settled on what constitutes fair use in the crypto realm or how much you need to transform a work before it's socially acceptable to sell it as its own NFT. Evan Keast, a founder of the popular Duties NFT collection and brand, says he's generally fine with people creating derivative works based on the art he sells as long as they first run it by his organization. His main concern is that these derivatives could be mistaken as being officially associated with doodles. Opening people up to potential scams, the crypto space is very cowboyish right now, Keith said. It has a positive effects, obviously, to open source creativity, but there's also scary aspects where bad actors can really take advantage of people. There has been a recent trend of fake accounts displaying coveted NFTs so that people will fall for cryptocurrency giveaway scams. For example, a scammer might offer to give out valuable NFTs, but ask the target to send over a little bit of cryptocurrency first, just to confirm their digital wallet address. The target sends the money and the scammer disappears. Midwood Millhouse says he gets five direct messages per day on Discord from scam accounts whose profile pictures often 
appear expensive NFTs that very likely they don't own. Key says he's flagged 50 to 100 scam accounts with fake doodles to Twitter and has even taken to calling out fraudulent uh, accounts on his feed. Responding on a social media platform is never going to get you the results that you intended, said Keast. I tried my best to combat some of the ones that were spiraling out of control, that were getting up to 20,000 retreats, and clearly had really bad intentions. Of the two accounts he called out in late October, one has vanished while the other is still up. But ultimately, many crypto boosters think that what may seem like a weakness in the technology is actually a strength. NFTs make it possible for art to be both profitable and freely available. Every day's NFT collage from the artist people that sold for more than $69 million in March might normally be stowed away in a bank vault or mansion attic where it would a physical rendering. Because the collage only exists digitally, identical copies can proliferate across the internet for everyone to interact with and enjoy. Once you start talking about what you can or can't do with someone else's NFT image, though the traditional definition of ownership starts to conflict with the openness that collectors claim to champion. You might even say that the real function of the nascent etiquette forming around NFTs is to preserve the accessibility of these works online while justifying the vast sums that collectors are paying for them. So that was a long article, boys and girls. How to troll an NFT owner. Comment down below and let me know what you think about this. Right-click, save as. Is it easy like that? Comment down below and let me know what you think. So before we get into round two, everyone, I just want to say thank you so much for all my supporters. Thank you. I've been looking at the DMs. I've been looking at the comments. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your continued help and support. I've seen you guys been listening in to the Apple podcast. Thank you. If you have friends and family in the Google space, they can catch me on Google Podcasts or even also Spotify. And if you're in the YouTube uh, world, you can catch my video versions of Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much. All right. Let's get into number four. NFT. An introduction to the blockchain for photographers and creatives. The blockchain does not seem to relate to anything that has to do with photography or content creation. It is a technology that has been disrupting the finance industry, but is not exclusive to finance. It is actually a much more transparent way to secure information and verify the truth. In the world of content creation, unauthorized distribution of content can really affect a photographer or artist's income. There is also plenty of fraud that involves the sale of fake artwork and false assertions of to original work. These are problems that a blockchain can help to prove for copyright and ownership of the original art and content. The rise of NFT is a growing space in the world of DeFi, decentralized finance. Non-fungible tokens are an example of the many ways blockchains are being applied. This provides a way to tokenize a digital or hard asset that can be sold or traded through a digital exchange. It can also be through a direct peer-to-peer -peer manner, which involves just two parties. In this case, it can be between a digital artist, the party who produces the work, and a buyer, the party who wants to buy the work. This also applies to photographers who want to tokenize their work. 
graphic artists who want to sell their work in an emerging marketplace and content creators who create digital art specifically. All right. So here, NFT have a wide array of applications, but they are suitable for digital content and collectibles, both digital and physical, like original art, trading cards, music, photographs, and game prizes, rewards from video games, for photographers and artists who mostly deal with digital content, an NFT is one way they can establish their ownership to their work and sell it in an open and decentralized market. It can also apply to physical work of arts like paintings, illustrations, novelty items, and drawings through a digital token that represents the original creator and provenance of the artwork. What is important to remember here is that an NFT represents something that is unique, and there can only be one token that represents those artworks. So tokenizing your art. First and foremost, you must have your content. It can be digital art or retouched images created from software like Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop, for example. Photographers can also tokenize their work, including original prints shot on film or digitally edited photos. Some photographers who want to establish their ownership or rights of their work that is displayed in a public network like the internet can use a blockchain for verifying their claim. I am not going to get into the technical specifications of tokenization, but more on the general derails and details of creatives. It is basically a way to add value to digital content or hard asset using a cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. The token is a form of cryptocurrency, while the settlement layer is the blockchain. Think of a blockchain as a database that will securely store the details about your work in a manner that it cannot be modified, tampered, censored, or even deleted. It can function as a settlement layer when it comes to claims of ownership of digital content. When you create an NFT, you are recording your ownership of your digital content and making it available on a decentralized network for purchase or transfer. You have now created value in your content that will be determined in a decentralized marketplace. The idea is different from typical markets because there is no need for an arbiter or third party in most cases. Since you can deal your NFT directly to interested parties, there are platforms where you can trade NFT, but they have no control over your digital content. You are eventually the only one who has control over it since you are the owner. To create an NFT, a user must also have a digital wallet. Depending on how tech-savvy a user is, creating a digital wallet can be a straightforward process. The NFT platforms will provide supported digital wallets and links on how to install one. This is where cryptocurrency holders can track the amount of coins or tokens they hold. A digital wallet holds what is called a private key which authorizes a user's ownership of their digital assets. A very serious concern here is that once you lose your private key or reveal it to others, chances of losing a token like an NFT are possible. This is why digital wallet security should be priority for those who want to hold NFTs. So the decentralized marketplace. Creatives who want to tokenize their work will need a marketplace. With cryptocurrency, you have a decentralized marketplace because it does not require registering with a central authority. It also does not require the involvement of brokers, banks, or art dealers, though they can still be added in the process. That is up to the creatives to decide. It is a very much open system for anyone to buy, sell, or trade their NFT. 
It then allows users to create collections of NFT as digital property with rights of ownership. One of the more popular platforms is Rarible. The platform is an open marketplace for users' NFTs. They have the option to use it for showcasing their work and offer it for sale later. What is the most important with the platform is that it puts a digital content authenticity on the blockchain using badges. Social influencers and well-known creators can use this to solidify the authenticity of their work. So according to Rarible, verified badges are guaranteed and granted to creators and collectors to show enough proof of authenticity and active dedication to the marketplace. We are looking at multiple factors such as active social media presence, and following dialogue with community members, number of minted and sold items. Another decentralized marketplace is OpenSea. Various forms of NFT can be found on this platform. This includes digital art, virtual worlds, and collectibles. Photographers can use their work and create a gallery of their content as NFT. Some might say, why not just use a traditional art gallery or marketplace through an art dealer? The advantage of decentralized markets is that there is a diverse number of platforms that can get your work more exposure with less third-party involvement. You just place your NFT on a platform, and if there are interested buyers, it can be purchased without giving a large cut to a dealer or a broker. The way it works is that NFT price is set by the owner. Bids can then be made on the market, which determines the value of the token. More bids means higher prices. That can drive the NFT value up. Depending on how many users are interested, the price is determined in a free and open market, where it can start from zero to as high as anyone is willing to bid. The main difference from traditional auction houses is that the bids are in terms of cryptocurrency. For example, an NFT could be set with a value of 5 ETH in fiat currency that would be worth much. Uh, price of ETH is the cryptocurrency market at that moment in time. So, what are some NFT examples? Celebrities and creatives are jumping on the NFT hype. Even public figures like Mark Cuban see the potential of tokenizing art and collectibles. Cuban owns some NFT himself, and there are NFT of Cuban too. The value is created in these NFT because they are unique and therefore ideal collectibles that can be traded or purchased. Cuban is a both promoter and supporter of NFT. As he enters the space, attracts more attention. He even uses NFT to tokenize content from the Dallas Mavericks. YouTube creator and social influencer Logan Powell reportedly sold $5 million worth of NFT. This was through the launch of his very own NFT with partner Bondly. The content where Pokemon-related videos and rare items owned by Paul what makes them valuable is that no two NFTs are alike, and there are only be one in existence. Holders of these NFT will have a rare digital asset that is also in demand. It seems like a novelty and craze that is too good to be true. So perhaps one of the most widely reported stories of NFT is that of digital artist people. The artist sold an NFT of former President Donald Trump for $6.6 million through the platform Nifty Gateway. So. Here, we see we can confirm that this is a legitimate sale. This was a brokered by Nifty Gateway's art buying services. We have been in direct contact with buyer and have confirmed their identity. They are choosing to remain anonymous at the time. For the music industry, it can help independent musicians take back control of the sales and copyrights to their content.
Producer Illmind has created his own sample music pack NFT that will be put up on auction. Since most producers work with digital music content, tokenizing their work is one way to protect their content from illegal copyrights and at the same time sell their music directly to fans without requiring huge cuts or control from record labels. So other personalities like Grimes, Lindsay Lohan, Winklevoss Twins, and DJ Alesso have also been in news regarding NFTs. As more users learn about NFT, it just creates more buzz. So final thoughts and takeaways. In photography, there are not as many high-profile examples of NFT as of early 2021. It is just beginning to generate interest at the moment. Based on examples of some NFT, photography plays a part of the digital content. Images are important when it comes to any form of art, and they can incorporate photographic works. A photographer who has unique photos to monetize can turn it into an NFT. This is an opportunity that is ready for exploring. I have two takeaways from this. One, many photographers will say they just love photography and are not in it for the money. They freely share their photos either through social media or their personal website. Those photographers are mostly hobbyists, amateurs, or enthusiasts who have a passion for capturing the beauty of the world. Why would they be interested in creating an NFT? Perhaps if they are also professional photographers who have a reputation in the industry, they will realize its value. NFT can also create more value for their work, especially if they have one-of-a-kind portraits or videos. Another thing photographers need to understand are the basics of cryptocurrency and NFT. I have linked some resources here, but due to due diligence is always important. Do your own research, always because there might be unexpected pitfalls when entering into something new. That is exactly what NFTs are, so it is best to plan and prepare anything before doing it. Take note that the valuation of your NFT is determined by its uniqueness and scarcity. Aspiring creatives may not get the same bid for their work as, let's say, an established or reputable artist who has a larger following in the space. NFT works similar to Patreon, but they are not the same. Patreon is a service that provides a gallery of images a photographer puts online for pay. While ownership remains with the photographer, NFTs are all about unique images the photographer captured that they make available for sale and a token of ownership. Once that image is sold, it now grants partial or full ownership to the buyer. Depending on how many tokens they purchase, if multiple tokens are issued, the photographer has given the right based on verified authenticity via a blockchain. This would state that the photographer is the original creator of the image and transfers ownership of a token or tokens to the buyer. So what is good to know is that the photographer will always be credited as the creator regardless of who owns the NFT. That can establish copyright claims as well as the photographer is the authentic owner of the actual image itself represented by the NFT. Today, you need experts, a third party, to validate works of arts like paintings and even photographs. How do we know a genuine Picasso from a remake? You won't be able to, but there are experts with somehow new. Can they really be trusted? With NFT and blockchains, it can establish authenticity for future verification that doesn't require the services of an expert. The testament will be recorded on the blockchain for anyone to see. The big question remains, can NFT enforce authenticity and ownership for photography work? While the blockchain is just a secure and tamper-proof database, 
It can impose authenticity on digital content. But how about physical works? There is no definitive answer because even though the photo photograph, let's say it's tokenized on the blockchain, it can still fall flat and into the wrong hands. It can also be altered. Therefore, it can no longer be authentic. Counterclaims can also be made against a creator's claim on the blockchain. The pros for NFT are it provides a way to authenticate the work of creatives like photographers, but enforcing its legality is an entirely separate due process. We shall see how it all plays out, but evidence of authenticity by some means is better than having none at all. Wow, what an article. What do you guys think about this? NFT, an introduction to the blockchain for photographers and creatives. Comment down below and let me know if you are a creative, if you are a photographer, and if you are tinkering with NFTs, either now, before, or in the future. All right. Let's get into the last article today, boys and girls. Someone right-clicked every NFT in the heist of the century. A unique performance art project shows just how useless NFTs can be. Hours ago, a website appeared online with the express purpose of hosting nearly 20 terabytes or torrents, that's terabytes, folks, the big boys of digital data measurement, containing every NFT available through the Ethereum and Solana blockchains. The NFT Bay, whose name and overall design riff of iconic torrent database, the Pirate Bay, is the work of one Jeffrey Huntley, an Australian software and DevOps engineer. In a frequently asked questions document written up for annoying reporters like me, Huntley describes the NFT Bay as an educational art project designed to teach the public about what NFTs are and aren't, in the hopes that fewer folks get swindled by the technology's immunable grifters. So fundamentally, I hope people learn to understand that people are buying when purchasing NFTs art right now is nothing more than directions on how to access or download an image. Holly explained, the image is not stored on the blockchain and the majority of images I've seen are hosted on web 2.0 storage, which is likely to end up as 404, meaning the NFT has even less value. Huntley, main inspiration for the NFT Bay was Pauline Pants Down, the drag persona of Australian satirist uh, Simon Hunt, who in the past parodied uh, controversial politicians Pauline Hansen due to Hansen's right-wing policies. Sometimes the wrong things get airtime, and the only way to cut right through the core is with art. Huntley added on Twitter alongside a link to a short Pauline Pants Down documentary. NFTs have been the talk of the town over the last year, rapidly accruing supporters even as the technology's reputation tanked, and while most of the backlash is confined to social media jokes about stealing NFTs by the way of right-clicking and saving the usually terrible artwork associated with the blockchain minted and thus incredibly harmful to the environment, tokens, major figures in the gaming industry have also taken notice. Last month, Steam banned games that had anything to do with NFTs or cryptocurrency, prompting 26 developers to send Valve what my colleague Luke Plunkett aptly described as a very sad letter, whining about the company's decision. Xbox boss Phil Spencer more recently called NFTs exploitative during an interview with Axios, but sadly for every Valve, Xbox, and independent dev turning down NFTs, 
there's also an Ubisoft, Sega, and Square Enix happily getting in on the grift. NFTs are only valuable as tools for money laundering, tax evasion, and greater fool investment fraud, wrote computer scientists and style in a scathing criticism of the technology, the long version of which is perhaps the most comprehensive breakdown of the ills posed by NFTs, cryptocurrency, and the blockchain on which they operate. There is zero actual value to NFTs. Their sole purpose is to create artificial scarcity of an artwork to supposedly increase its value. So what do you guys think about this? Someone right-clicked every NFT in the heist of the century. Take a look at that NFT pay, similar to Pirate Bay, and look at all of those terabytes of right-clicked images. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think about it. All right, before we head out, let's take a look at the prices one last time. So, number one, BTC is at $56,334. Ethereum, $4,071. Binance Coin, $551. Tether, $1. Uh, Solana, $198. Cardano, $1.80. XRP, $1.05. Polkadot, $39. USD Coin, $1. And last, Dogecoin, $0.22. Cents. That was a long one, boys and girls, but uh, hopefully you guys learned something new. Hopefully you guys had some insight about NFTs and how cryptocurrency works. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. All the news and updates will be unbiased. So there will be for crypto and against crypto. But again, please do your due diligence and do your own research before making any investment uh, decision. Other than that, please catch me on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like, share, and subscribe on the YouTube videos. And again, please have a pleasant and great crypto day. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.